Maybe we ought to say, be saying, I'm grateful to be an American. You see, friends, we could have been born in Bosnia, China, Pakistan. We could have awakened in India this morning, wondering where our next meal may even come from. But no, we're in a somewhat air-conditioned building this morning. Uh, I don't know that our air conditioners are starting early enough, but, uh, but we are in a comfortable setting here. We're with wonderful, loving people in a loving church. Um, you know, we've got it pretty good. I'm deeply, deeply grateful to be a citizen of the United States, and I trust that you too are grateful as well. A father was talking to a rather rebellious son one day and said, every person in the United States, every person is a privileged person. The boy answered, I disagree, Dad. And the father said, that's the privilege. You can. We have the privilege to disagree in this country. We have the privilege to speak our mind. We have the freedom of religion, of speech, of press, or the right to petition. We have the freedom to hope and dream, and even our own dreams to come true. We are free in so many ways, and we have these rights because of what our forefathers have done for us. You and I didn't earn these privileges. We didn't earn these that we enjoy as citizens of this land. But I am thankful for those who did earn them and passed them on so that we may enjoy them. That's why I celebrate July 4th. More than 100 years ago, Alex de Tocqueville, a famous French political philosopher, visited our nation, tried to uncover some of our greatness that he saw. He traveled from town to town, talking with people, asking questions, examining every facet of our society, and then he returned to France and wrote these words. I sought for America's greatness. I found it not in her forests, nor her fields. I found it not in her mines, nor her industries. I found it not in her Congress or great tribunals. It was only when I entered the churches and heard the pulpits thundering against sin and preaching righteousness that I discovered the secret of her greatness. Then he added, America is great because America is good. If America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. Friends, if we put our trust in education, we'll get what education can give us. If we put our trust in money, we'll get what money can give us. If we put our trust in government, think about that one for a minute, we'll get what government will give us. But if we put our trust in God, he is the only one that can give us everything we need for all of eternity. Now think for just a moment. You remember the names of Many of the prophets in the Old Testament, um, how about uh, Isaiah, Elijah, Jeremiah, Hosea? I mean, we could go on and on and on. But listen to the words of Jesus as he approached the city of Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. Stephen, 
the first Christian martyr, said to the crowd that was soon to stone him to death, you stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears, you're just like your fathers. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet that you did not persecute? Why were prophets treated in such terrible ways by their own people? Why didn't the people honor the prophets of God and listen to what they said? It's because the role of a faithful prophet was to point out the evils of society, the things that were basically wrong with the land. May I dare to be a prophet this morning for a moment? There's so much right in our land, but allow me for a moment to look at the other side at some of the things that are wrong. A few years ago, a picture of a historic flag designed by Betsy Ross appeared in a Chicago newspaper, and the caption under it said, it's time to check our stitches. Now, if you think about where we are today, friends, maybe it's time that we check our stitches as well. We want to make sure that maybe this is still the home of the brave the land of the free. So let me call your attention this morning to three temptations that I think Americans are facing today. The first temptation, there is a temptation to enjoy the fruits of citizenship without tending to the tree of liberty. Harry Emerson Fosdick preached a sermon a number of years ago titled, Parking on Someone Else's Nickel. Y'all remember the parking meters that you used to see downtown and you pull up and of course you know it, it, it dates this sermon a little bit when you talk about a nickel because I don't think you can park anywhere for a nickel now but uh, uh, it used to be that you'd go around and, and uh, you know put that little nickel in that machine and get you your 30 minutes or an hour whatever it was of course that's back when gasoline was probably what 25 cents a gallon so that kind of kind of sets the stage for you but uh, there was a friend in a hometown that uh, had only one street that had the parking meters on it. And it was his challenge to drive up and down that street to find a parking spot. Now, it wasn't because there weren't parking places, because there were plenty of parking places, but the challenge was, was to find that parking meter that had time left on it. So he would drive up one side didn't find it, he'd turn around and come back and go to the other side. But the real treasure of the day was when he pulled into that parking meter that had 30 minutes left on it. He had really scored, but he was parked on someone else's nickel. I wonder if part of the problem in our country today is that most of us haven't earned these freedoms that we enjoy today. We didn't go to foreign lands, we didn't fight for them, we didn't have the loss of blood, sweat, tears. We've not done anything but park many times on someone else's nickel. The poet expressed it well. We eat from the orchards that we did not plant. We drink from the wells we did not dig. We reap from the fields we did not sow. We are warmed by fires we did not kindle. We are sheltered by roofs we did not build. We are blessed by monies we did not give. I am thankful to be a citizen of these great United States. But as a citizen, you see, 
I have a responsibility to tend to the tree of liberty. So I need to ask myself, is this country a better place because I'm a citizen of it? Is this community a better place because I'm a part of it? Is this church a better place because I'm a member of it? Or are you, like many, enjoying the fruits but not tending to the tree of liberty? Here's the second temptation. There's a temptation to enjoy the benefits of capitalism without conscience. I'm glad that we live in a capitalistic country. I don't think that it's a dirty word. Capitalism is a free market. It means that we can basically sell, buy, and yes, even sometimes that word profit, we can profit, uh, and it's not a dirty word either. But we have the ability to earn a living. The capitalism without conscience becomes a cruel and ruthless form of life where competition, success, greed, and materialism corrupt, and we, leave, we tend to lose our compassion for others. You see, when our forefathers came to this country and founded our system of government, they were convinced that there was a higher power who was involved in the destinies of men and nations. They believed that men were endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and that among these were life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This was evident in the way they wrote, the way they lived, and the way our nation developed. There was a moral fiber and a moral strength for our nation. But today it seems that, by and large, our society is so caught up in greed and materialism that we are only interested in ourselves. It is the survival of the fittest, and we're all concerned about just making more and more. The result is increased crime, increased drug addiction, increased immorality. Years ago, a man sent a letter to Ann Landers. He wrote, this is for the woman who was distressed about her son. I would like to ask her some questions. Now, this is about the son. Is he disrespectful? Has he been arrested for drunk driving? Has he been kicked out of college for cheating? Has he made his girlfriend pregnant? Did he get failing grades? Does he steal money out of your purse? Well, if you answer no to all of these questions, stop complaining. You have a great kid. It was signed Ralph N. of Oakland, California. Now, as, as I am, we don't always agree with Ann Landers, but I think, you know, she aptly put a response here. She replied, your letter showed just how much times have changed. You said that if a kid today isn't on drugs, doesn't get failing grades, hasn't been arrested for drunk driving, kicked out of college for cheating, making his girlfriend pregnant, or even stealing money from your purse, then he's great but you make no mention of achievement. There's not a word about integrity, a sense of responsibility, decency, morality, or service to others. What a sad commentary of our times. Good Lord, where is our nation headed and who is going to lead us there? Friends, the soul of America is God, and we are in danger of losing our soul. Our third temptation 
is to want Christianity without commitment. I'm not talking about an emotional experience here. I'm talking about a commitment and a surrender to God that will result in a changed heart and a changed life. For too long, there have been churches that have felt that it was all right for nice little people to come in their Sunday best and come in and hear the nice choral settings and the little sermons and everything is just fine as long as it's for me. Just tell me how nice I am, how pretty I am, how righteous I am. Give me Christianity. But don't talk to me about conversion. I don't want to change. I, don't want, I want to remain, remain just like I am. Somehow along the way in our celebration of independence and freedom, we have forgotten the greatest freedom of all. Jesus Christ went to the cross and gave his life to gain freedom from our sins. And that is the message that you and I and our country need to hear again and again. So let's salute the flag. Let's allow our patriotic juices to flow freely and get goosebumps up and down our back. But remember this, we didn't earn those freedoms. We may not even deserve them. Chuck Swindle in his book about living above the level of mediocrity tells about a church in the Soviet Union a few years ago that was forced to meet secretly because home churches or holding home church was illegal in, in the country. They tried to be inconspicuous as possible. Uh, they would come on Sunday a few at a time, different times until they were all there. And when they all arrived, they would close the doors, shut the curtains, and begin to worship the Lord. But one Lord's Day, right in the middle of their worship service, two soldiers appeared at the door. They came in and at gunpoint lined up all the Christians against the wall. One of the soldiers shouted, if you want to renounce your faith in Jesus Christ, leave now. Two or three quickly left and then a few more. Again, the soldier spoke. This is your last chance. Either leave now and renounce your faith in Christ or stay and suffer the consequences. Another left and then another, almost hiding their faces in shame as they went out. But the rest stood their ground. Children standing beside their parents, trembling. Some even crying as their parents stood with their hands in the air, fully expecting to be gunned down or at least imprisoned. After all who had left and chose to flee, the other soldier closed the doors and looked back to those who stood against the wall. This time he said, keep your hands up, but this time in praise of Jesus Christ. We, too, are Christians. The two soldiers explained that sometime earlier they had been sent to another house church to arrest the Christians there, but in the process they had heard the gospel and had accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, too. But they explained what we have learned, that unless people are willing to die for their faith, they cannot be fully trusted. Friends, I hope that you are humbly thankful to be a part of this great land of ours that you'll take your citizenship never lightly, but be determined to hold high the freedoms that we enjoy so that the generations that follow us will experience and treasure them as well. And I pray that you too will be a real Christ follower, a person who is hungry and thirsty for the truth of God. 
that you will never compromise it, that you will share it with a world that desperately needs to hear only the truth that can guarantee our freedom for all eternity. This morning we offer you the invitation of the greatest liberator of all, Jesus Christ, who gained our freedom on the cross. We offer you his sacrifice, and we pray that you will respond to his loving invitation to serve him. Today, God bless America. Amen. And I'll provide the blessing. May the love of God the Father, the grace of God the Son, Jesus Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit empower us to live as his children. Amen. Go in peace as the people of God, recognizing and rejoicing in his miracles in our lives. Amen. We'll close with God bless America, and I think it's appropriate to stand.